Hi friends, my name is Nasra and welcome back to Unfiltered Noggin. On today's episode, I'll be covering the case, the Lynn family murders. Before we can get into the murders, let's start at the top of the family tree. That's the only way the story will make sense and that it won't confuse you. So at the top, we got Min Lin, who is the father and wife Lily Min Lin. The couple migrated from China to Sydney, Australia after their studies. However, they didn't actually know of each other in China until one day they saw each other in Sydney and they decided to get married. The couple have they like they have three children named Brenda, who is 15 years old, a 12-year-old named Henry, and a 9-year-old named Terry. So two sons and one daughter. Growing up in China, Min and Lily didn't have much, so one of their top objectives was to work hard enough to not only live comfortably, but to also provide their children with a life they never had growing up in China. As a result, Min and his wife Lily established the Epping Central News Agency, and this news agency isn't like an office, how you would picture an agency in your head, but instead it was like a convenience store that just so happens to sell newspapers and, and other stuff like snacks and, and drinks and cigarettes. The agency was located on a very popular strip, so their agency was growing at a rapid rate and they were making a lot of money. According to reports, the family earned around $1 million each year Min gave his time to the agency every day. He, even on his days off, like he let nobody cover his shift. Like he was always present, even when the agency was closed, which was never. That's how determined he was. He was considered to be a diligent worker, and people in the town were just so grateful for the fact that Min and his wife Lily created like just created this agency since it had a, a significant impact on their lives. And so with men and Lily having a lot of money and they're earning like approximately $1 million a year, they decided to buy a wonderful, modest, two-story family home in a suburban neighborhood located in North Epping, Eppington. And this is, so the family's living there, the three kids and the, the parents, of course, and as well as Lily's sister, Irene, who migrated from China to Australia at the age of 39. So she was, it's five people living in, well, six people living in the house at the time. Now, since Min and Lily came from China to Australia, financially unstable, they were at the point in their lives where they could help family and relatives over in China migrate to Australia. And so they did. Min helped his parents, Yang Fian In and Fen Quin In, to migrate from China to Australia. And when his parents arrived in Australia, Min actually bought them a beautiful, nice property in Maryland, which was approximately like 30 minutes away from the Lynn's residence in North Eppington. And then after he got his parents like settled in, moved in, whatever, he had a sister 
he has a sister named Cassie. And Min was like, Cassie, you and your husband, Robert G, should move to Australia. Like, I mean, mom, dad, mom and dad are here. Your your nieces and your nephews are here. Why not? So Cassie was, she was with it. Like she was going to go and all, but she's a married woman. And so she had to see if her husband was going to come along. And her husband, Robert G, he was a successful ear, throat and neck specialists in China and that he told his wife you know what let's move to Australia I'm successful in China I'll probably be more successful in Australia why not so they moved to Australia and everybody's happy at this point like finally we have all of our family in like one place like all settled down and so Robert decides you know what, while we're in Australia, I don't even want to be a specialist here. I want to be successful in the restaurant and food industry. And so he comes up with this his business venture plan. And he says, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to open the most dazzling Chinese restaurant in Australia. And I'm going to bring three of the best Michelin chefs to Australia from China. So he starts putting his investments into the business venture until his whole plan, the restaurant, like everything just failed because the three chefs were denied, like their visa were like was denied. So, you know, he you could tell he was just pissed because his business failed. In 2005, Kathy and Robert moved to Sydney, Australia and resided a few blocks down from the Lynn's residence. It was reported that Xi worked part-time, uh, Kathy Xi worked part-time at the newspaper slash convenience store. And I don't know about Robert. I think he was like unemployed. Not, uh, there was not a lot of information on that. On Friday, July 17, the two families show up to the Yang Fei Inn and Fen Quinn Zhu's house in Maryland for dinner. So this is Kathy and Min's parents, right? So they show up to their the two families, Rob, like the Zhi's and, and the Lin's, they show up to Min's and Kathy's parents' house. And so the only person that didn't show up was 15-year-old Brenda, who was in New Caledonia on a field trip with her French class. So she wasn't she was the only one that was not attending that family dinner. Now the family's having a blast, they're talking and all that when Henry's grandparents attempt to persuade him to spend the night with them, but he was unable to do so since he and his uncle Robert, Kathy's husband, were scheduled to play badminton the following morning. And Henny was Henny. Oh my god. Henny. Henry was ecstatic to, like, he was so happy to play badminton the next morning. Like, he was obsessed with badminton. It was his favorite sport. The family dinner comes to an end, and everybody says their goodbyes, and they parted ways. And this was going to be the last time that anyone has seen or heard of the Lin family. Next morning comes around. It is now Saturday, July 8th, 2009. Kathy G 
and many customers, they head to the agency just to find the agency closed, which is odd because it's a Saturday, it's a weekend, and the weekends are like the most busiest days in the week. And so Cassie's like, you know what, maybe I should check up on the lens of residence, but let me see like why is this agency closed? It's never closed, even if like men is always there. Plus there's a stock of newspapers by the door. And on a regular day, men would come and like he would come in early before everybody and he would like stop like stock the shelves up, but he didn't and the agency is closed. So she's like, what the hell is going on? So Kathy heads home, she grabs Robert and they head to the Lynn's residence. And so they start walking a few blocks down until they arrived at the Lynn's residence. And when the pair arrived at the door, the first warning sign was that the front door was unlocked. Weird. So Kathy's like, you know what, let's, let's go inside and investigate, like what's going on. As soon as they stepped inside the house, they started yelling for Irene, Min, Lily, Terry, and Henry, and nobody's responding. So the couple heads upstairs, and they see what can only be described as the most prolific crime scene ever. Kathy and Robert enter all the rooms to see Henry, Terry, Min, Lil, uh, um, Irene, Min. Hold on. These names are confusing. Irene, Henry, Terry, Mint, and Lynn bludgeoned to death from, like, a hammer-like object. And, I mean, there was this blood everywhere, splatter. It was on the bed, the ground, the ceiling, and the walls. It was just a terrifying image to see, especially for Kathy, since that's her brother's family, and they're dead. At this point, Kathy is screaming bloody murder when Robert tells a frantic and terrified Kathy to call Australia's emergency line 001. And so she starts telling the dispatcher what she discovered. And she's like, I think someone murdered my brother's family. And the dispatcher is telling her, okay, calm down. The police and ambulance are on the way. When the police officers and the ambulance arrived at the Lynn's residence in North Eppington, they found the five of the family members, Irene, Lily's sister, men and Lily and their two sons, Henry and Terry, bludgeoned to death. It was reported that four of the victims had been strangled to death. You know, they died, like, died of suffocation. But here's the strange thing. We know that 15-year-old Brenda, she's on this field trip with her school to New Caledonia, which is okay. But it was the fact that the killer never entered Brenda's room. It seemed as though the murderer knew the family and knew that she wouldn't be home at that time. Weird. The way Brenda found out about her parents is so sad to hear. Before Brenda left on her school trip to New Caledonia, her father was like, hey, should we hug? I mean, you're my only daughter. You're going to New Caledonia, which is far away from where we live. Should we hug it out? But Brenda chose not to since her classmates were like, like near her, like close by. The way she found out was by a friend who sent her an article on Facebook. 
And at first she was like, there's no way my whole family is wiped out. Like she didn't believe it. She didn't want to believe it. So the school put Brenda on the first flight back home. And when she returned and saw a frantic Kathy and her grandparents crying, that's when she knew it was real. Her whole family was gone. And all she can think about was what kind of sick-minded person will kill two defenseless kids and an entire family in a place that is supposed that is supposed to be safe after the funerals robert kept bringing up to kathy hey please we should we should gain custody over brenda i don't want to see her in like an orphanage home care home like we're kind of like her family so we should gain custody over her and so they do but because lily and min died the whole news agency company was passed down to kathy and roberts a month into the murders there were still no leads and the detectives were searching for anything unusual so they decided to review kathy's call with the dispatcher when they noticed something strange in the background, the police heard Kathy screaming on the top of her lungs that Robert in Cantonese. And a lot of Cantonese translators came forward to the detectives and said Kathy was actually begging Robert to not leave her in the house by herself. But instead, he didn't listen and told Kathy to wait at the Lynn's residence for the police and the ambulance while he left to go notify his in-laws to let them know what had happened like what they discovered which is messed up because why would you leave your wife in such a state her family was just brutally murdered and you just left weird and so this started making the detectives come up with possible theories number one being that this was there was just no way that this was a robbery because there was no evidence of forced entry Number two, whoever killed the Lynn family was close to them. They knew where the circuit was. They knew the layout of the house and they had to have a key. Number three was maybe Robert knew Kathy wasn't in danger and that's why he was in like such a hurry to leave before the cops and the ambulance came because he was the killer. Which I think number theory two and three makes more sense. With such theories, the police stepped up their stepped up and launched Strike Force No Burn, a six-month secret operation aimed at bringing the Lynn family killer to justice. Investigators installed a pinhole camera, CCTV camera footage, inside of Kathy and Robert's home as part of the Strike Force No Burn. Burn investigation while the detectives were visiting lynn's residence it was reported that they discovered 24 bloody shoe prints belonging to a shoe brand called asics following this discovery robert was seen in the pinhole cctv footage trashing an asics shoe box by soaking the cardboard and dumping the fragrance down the toilets this was already suspicious enough to the police. So the police, they went to a judge. The judge granted the police a warrant so that they could enter the house, which means when, whenever they like installed the, the pinhole 
camera they didn't have like consent entering the property but that's besides the point when the investigators entered the house several of them proceeded to the garage since robber has been cleaning it has been seen cleaning it that morning until Kathy came home and grabbed Robert before they headed off to the Lynn's residence. As a result, the investigators discovered a dark stain on the garage floor. The stain was sent in for analysis, swabbing at a local, not a local, a lab somewhere in the States. When the results were released, it was revealed that the stain included the DNA of four of the five fatalities, and this was a dead giveaway that Robert G. was re responsible for the Lynn family murder. On the morning of May 5th, 2011, police arrested Robert G. at his crib. He was charged with five counts of murder, and he was denied bail on December 19, 2012. After Robert was arrested, Brenda told authorities that her uncle Robert has been had been abusing her long before the killings and that it only became worse when she moved in with him. The motive was clearly personal, sexual because of his feelings with Brenda, as well as financial because he was probably mad that Min and Lily's business flourished while his restaurant didn't succeed as he wished it to be. And he needed a plan to get rid of the the Lynn family so that he and his wife could take over the agency. Although everything points to Robert at this point, the murder of the Lynn family, the sex, him sexual assaulting Brenda, you would think Kathy, Kathy would like be pissed at this point, but no, she believed that her husband was innocent and that the authorities were trying to attempt were like attempting to frame Robert G. Like he killed your whole, yeah, your whole, your brother's family, and you're you're siding with him, really? Whatever. The trial took place five years after the incident. However, during Robert's trial, the police presented lots of recordings that Robert and a fellow cellmate inmate had. So how did the police obtain such information? Well, this fellow inmates in 2011 knew that his sentence would get reduced if he helped the police with Robert G's case, in which he did. So this is what he did. He tried. He was trying to get close to Robert, get to know him, you know, let Robert ease, ease a bit. And once Robert knew he could trust this inmate, that's when the inmate started extracting information about Robert's case. And so in the recording, you can hear how Robert's telling this inmate that he murdered Lynn, the Lynn family and how he bought a $2 like hammer object from a store that didn't have CCTV footage and that he took that hammer, $2 hammer, and bludgeoned the five victims to death. Allegedly, Robert told this inmate about a pressure point on a person's body that can incapacitate a person. And that's where the police got, you know, the recordings and stuff. And then 
extracting the information from Robert for him to confess. Final thoughts, something that stood out to me was that, you know how the police installed a pinhole camera in G's, the G's residence without their, you know, Kathy and Robert's consent? And you know how Brenda was living with Robert and Kathy and Brenda was saying it got like the sexual assault got worse when she moved in with the G's. How do I say this? So since Brenda says like she was getting assaulted, wouldn't that image like wouldn't that video the footage of her getting assaulted you know what no i can't say it like that basically what i'm saying is that the camera if it was in like the area that robert and was assaulting brenda and it had, there's footage of him assaulting brenda why didn't the police like pull G pulled Brenda out of the the Z's cares. Like why did they just like it, it doesn't make sense. And plus why didn't they just tell her that this man that she's living with is her family's killer? Yeah, anyways, this is the case of the Lynn family murder. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know your thoughts, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Basically, what I was trying to say was, you know how the police set up cameras cameras inside of the G's residence, monitoring what Robert was doing at home and stuff? And you know how Brenda was living under Robert and Kathy's care, and how Brenda was saying that Robert, her uncle, was assaulting her before the killings, and that it got worse when she moved in with him. If the police have CCTV footage of Robert assaulting her, why didn't they pull Brenda out of the G's care? Like, why was she still living with them? If they have that evidence, if they have that footage of him assaulting her. Like, it doesn't make sense. Why is she still living there? Well, not now, but like at, at that time.